this week for me that I have been thinking about it because this week we lost a 16-year-old girl on Gunstock Mountain that goes to my um, son's school this week. She was skiing, a skiing accident, and her uh, life was lost. I was just sharing, uh, my mother-in-law was at a uh, funeral yesterday for a 19-year-old boy who took his life. We have two really close friends to Audra and I, my wife and I, that are um, struggling through cancer. And, and we're trusting Jesus is going to bring healing to them. But, but it, you come face to face with life and death things. This, this year, our congregation has experienced multiple deaths. And, you know, we do talk about helping you get ready to meet Jesus face to face, right? And, and we, we know that. And sometimes we, we like the idea of that. But then we also don't like to talk about our own death. And, and here it is in John chapter 11. If you have your, your Bibles, please turn with me to John chapter 11. We, we're going to be talking about what happened when Lazarus dies. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. You might know Mary and Martha, the story that were, uh, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha was busy doing things. This, these are great friends of Jesus. Great friends of Jesus. And, and Lazarus passes away. He dies. And, and what we find in this is that when we begin to come face to face with death, I wonder if it, if it helps us to see some things different. And that's my hope today, that we would just begin to see life a little bit differently and that we leave here today just thinking about death in a little bit different way and maybe even considering your own death. Has anybody else had more of a thoughts like me? I'm, I often will think, not often, but sometimes we'll think, like, who would ever actually show up to my funeral? Would anybody come? <laughs> what would they say about me? We'd be there, Pastor. And, and I would hope, I heard some of you said, I'll, I'll be there. Thank you so much. That makes me feel <laughs> I appreciate that. At least one person. And, and my kids will be there, right? Kids, well, my kids are serving. So thank you. But, but I do think that, I wonder what people would say about me. I wonder who would show up. And there's something about thinking about your own death that maybe begins to you to think about eternity for a little bit. There's a, there's a saying that if you get my emails, by the way, if you don't get my emails and you want my email, get something from me, I'm give some encouragement every week and just sign up for a newsletter online. But today I, I wrote this morning, I would say Johnny Cash has a song. Anybody, any Johnny Cash fans out there? Johnny Cash has a song that talks about you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And, and I would say that I've heard, how many people have heard that, by the way? You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And is that true or false? Is that true or false? And, and we're going to talk about that because I think there's something about being heavenly minded that makes us actually more good for her. But let's go into the scripture. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, starting in verse 1, chapter 11. The village of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. By the way, I have new glasses I can read. <laughs> there we go. 
I think I can read. <laughs> I have new glasses so I can see. The other question is, can I read? That's the other question. I can read. Here we go. And there she wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister said to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story. I'm going to paraphrase the rest of the story. But I want this one scripture to sink into your mind right now. It says this, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? So as you're thinking about your own death, as you're thinking about who would show up at your funeral, as you're thinking about how do I live my life today in preparation for my death, in preparation for my eternity, you see, I think when we begin to start processing that, I, I wonder, I just wonder if we realize that if life is so short in light of eternity that really this is just the, life is just the beginning, our life on earth is just the beginning of life, the true life happens when we pass away. That our everlasting life moves at that time of our death. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? And you know, I think it's hard for us because the scripture does say we see through a glass dimly, meaning we don't always get to see what heaven looks like. But I'm going to read some scriptures in a few moments that are going to help paint a picture of what it is. It's going to help you to understand what we're looking forward to. But here it is. The story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus' death. There's some things that we want to take away from that. So here it is that Jesus is away, far away, in a different town. And Mary and Martha give word to Jesus that Lazarus is, is dead. And, but Jesus just said, he says, this is not going to end in death. And so is Jesus a liar in this story? It's not. He's not. And we'll find out here in a moment. And Jesus waits after he gets the news, two more days. Why? Well, he wanted to perform a miracle, number one. But number two, he wanted to make sure that in the Jewish culture, there was this idea that a spirit would linger around a body. By the way, we're, we're three parts, right? We're, we're body, soul, and spirit. And, and there was a thought that the spirit would re, that would hang around a deceased body for three days with the hopes that somehow there would be life renewed to that person and if they took a breath the spirit could jump back in the body and they would be okay so jesus i think purposely wanted to make sure that on the fourth day when he came back to that town to meet martha and mary that when he was going to display this miracle that it was for sure that it was like he was just not sleeping and he was just not like unconscious, but he actually was dead. So here he comes back and, and Martha runs out to him and says, you know, why weren't you here? If you were here, my brother wouldn't be dead. Now, by the way, that's really important to understand that Martha had a relationship with Jesus to, knew, to know that Jesus had the power to bring healing to people. After all, Jesus healed many, right? Do you believe, by the way, Jesus still heals today? Amen. I think it's important to know that. 
It's really hard, and I think even for me as a pastor, that I know he can heal. And why doesn't he heal sometimes? Right? I'm praying for my friends who have cancer, and I'm trusting that God can heal, but has God always healed everybody who has cancer? No, he hasn't. In the way that we want to, by the way, death is somebody's ultimate healing. But, but for us, right, we're like, we want to represent God well. And so do we like give false hope, like God can heal. But, but if he doesn't, then what does that say about God? Does he not really care? And we're going to read how Jesus really, really cares. Really, really cares even after Lazarus um, was dead. So he comes and, and, and Martha knew that Jesus could have healed him. But from the time he is, he's dead. And now she's like really kind of disappointed. Mary and Martha are, are weeping. Mary's still at the house. Martha runs back, tells Mary, and, and Mary runs to Jesus. And they're like deep sorrow, deep grief. People are around them grieving. And then Jesus said, well, take me to where Lazarus is. And, and they go to his tomb, tomb very much like the tomb that Jesus was buried in. It was like a stone rolled over. It was a cave. And, and he says, open, open the door. And they're like, don't do that, Jesus. Don't get the store. Like, it's going to stink so bad. The body's been in there four days. It's already going to start smelling. And they do. And, and then Jesus, in a loud voice, says, Lazarus, come forth. Now, the loudness was, I don't believe, in, in the way of needing to say, you have to speak with such great authority. I think it was more of to let everybody around him know that, that he was calling something out. And interestingly enough, here comes Lazarus, all wrapped up, as like a mummy. And he, I'm not sure how he walked out, but he did. I don't know if he hopped. You know, it's like, Lazarus, he's coming out. And he's like, unravel him. And, and he is now a whole person again. What, what that tells us is the power that Jesus has in your life. We, we can see it demonstrate the power of God that Jesus' authority can call life into something that was dead. And, and I, was, I was thinking about that this morning, and I, I know there are things in our life that have felt like death for you. Maybe broken relationships, friendships, maybe disappointment in childbearing, maybe disappointment in, um, in expectations, maybe disappointment in things that just have felt like death. There's grief in your life. And, and I want to remind us that the God who can speak life into things and has, have them come back to life is the same God that wants to work in your situation that is feeling hopeless, is feeling like death, that you're in deep grief, Allow God to speak life into that. If you hear anything that, that you would hear today, that there is a God who has the power to walk into the midst of that difficult situation, and he wants to breathe life back into that place that feels so desperate and so bleak. And there's grief there. So he calls him back, and then, then he says, he calls him out, he calls him to, to this place of life, and, and everybody's amazed, and then Jesus makes a statement, I am the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in me, though yet he shall die, shall live. And here's the hope for us as Christians. And I'm very mindful that maybe some of you here today 
haven't given your life to Jesus yet. And today you need to hear that why it's so important to not only find salvation in Jesus Christ, but he will walk with you, but he is the doorway to eternity. He's the doorway to everlasting life. So, so even though we die, we don't really die. We live on through Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he shall die, shall live. Right? So we don't, we don't, we aren't looking for this place of coming to a place of death and saying it's all done. We're coming to a place of death and death and saying this is the doorway to everlasting life. And what that means, though, it means that this life is in preparation for our everlasting life, which then says, should you be so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good? And I'd say you're so heavenly minded that you are more earthly good. Because when we say we're helping you get ready to meet Jesus face to face, we say there's three things. We're reaching the lost, we're caring for the least, or we're training the found. Which means that we're, our life is on mission, our life has purpose, and God has designed us for a very intentional plan that we get to join him on. I want to share with you a few verses of what eternity looks like if I can find my piece of paper here. In Revelation 21, 1 through 4, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Can I have a hallelujah? Amen. Amen. Neither, that was very, I asked you to do like a hallelujah. That was very Pentecostal of us. <laughs> hallelujah. Okay. Sometimes just get carried away. He will wipe away every tear from her eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. The former things have passed away. So here we have a glimpse of what eternity with God is going to look like. No more tears, no more pain, no more crying. The old things of your life have like passed away and there's new. And then in John 14, 2 through 3. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go prepare a place for you. Jesus says he's preparing a place for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. We have assurance that this life, through Jesus Christ, will put us into a place of eternity with Jesus, that there's going to be rooms, houses, there's going to be streets, there's going to be purpose, there's going to be roles, responsibilities, and we get to live in this perfect place, like the very beginning of creation, God was with Adam and Eve. And they joined and they walked together and were in relationship together. And this is what heaven is going to be like. Isaiah 5, 25, verse 8. 
He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Meaning, where there's enmity, where there's fighting, where there's strife, he's going to take away all those things. And he'll wipe away those tears, and there will be joy forevermore. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God is preparing something for you and I. Today, God is preparing something for you and I. I want you to give you that hope today, because I think sometimes we... We don't like to think about death. We just like to proceed through life and, and we put a lot of attention in the here and now. And if, if maybe if we're good, we'll plan for a retirement. But what if we plan for an eternity like we plan for a retirement? We sit down with a financial advisor. We sit down and, and, and monthly we take an account of how are we doing, how are investments doing, and planning for retirement. And yet we have a an eternal retirement that's coming our way, and how well are we doing in planning for that? I think Johnny Cash was wrong in his song. I think he was wrong. I think we can be so heavenly minded that we can be more earthly good. Because there are people who need to have that assurance that Jesus Christ can be their savior. Because apart from Jesus, guess what? There's still an eternity for those people. Where is it? It's an H-E double hockey stick. And I know we don't talk about that a lot, a lot but, but if we really love people, I think we wouldn't be so concerned. If we really knew what was ahead of them, there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There would be this separation between God. There would be just this darkness, this void. And, and I know I don't want people to experience that. So when Jesus... I'm just going to go back to the story a little bit and conclude a few thoughts. When Jesus saw Mary and Martha and they were crying, before he did the miracle, the scripture says that Jesus had deep compassion. Deep compassion. And that it, in that compassion, he was moved to do this miracle. Whether he had planned to do this miracle before or or he was moved to do the miracle by, the, by seeing the sorrow of Mary and Martha. I'm not sure. But what I do know is that Jesus deeply cares about you and I. And when we face difficulty, that Jesus is there to see our mourning, to see our weeping. And he moves with compassion in our life. I want to speak to those who are, who are facing difficult circumstances and my mind just goes to my friends who are, who are walking with cancer right now. That I know it is so difficult. But also know that there is a Father in heaven who sees, but there is Jesus who's also at the right hand of the Father, who is, who is with compassion pursuing a miracle for your life. And that miracle might not be when you want it to be, right? Jesus waited an extra two days. Some he chooses to heal, some he doesn't. And by the way, the choose to heal and choose not, it's like, oh, you've made me happy, I'm going to heal you, but you, I'm not happy with you, I'm not going to heal you. No, it's like in his goodness, he, he's making determinations of, of when somebody's time is up and when somebody's time is not up. 
But every circumstance is done with great love and compassion. And he sees you and he's wanting to move. He's like, it's almost like Jesus was crying with Mary and Martha. And I believe that Jesus comes alongside and cries with you. Cries with your situation. And it moves his heart. And I think sometimes we see God as this God so distant and so like, he doesn't see me. He doesn't really care. My word, there's 7 billion, almost 8 billion, maybe 8 billion now, people in the world. He has a lot more bigger fish to fry than, than me, lowly me. And I, I want to give you the assurance, whoever's listening online, whoever's here in this room, you need the assurance to know that God is close to you, that his Holy Spirit is seeing your circumstance and your situation, and Jesus is weeping. If you're weeping, Jesus is weeping with you. He's coming alongside. He's compassion. He's moved by compassion. And he has the power. God the Father has the power to breathe life into your situation, into those places of death. And finally, I just want to say that, that sometimes we, we feel like believing or seeing is believing, right? Let me see it. I'll believe it. Seeing is believing. But in these cases... It's believing is seeing. If, if you can't believe that God wants to be with you and be in your situation, you're not going to see it. Why? It's not because God's not there. It's because you're choosing not to see that God is with you. Believing is seeing. You know, I, I'll believe a miracle when I see it. But can you believe in the one who can provide a miracle before you see it? Let's believe. Church, I, I want to stir some faith inside of us this morning. That I want you to believe before you see. Then trust the outcome to him. Trust the outcome to him. But I think he wants us to make the request known. Mary and Martha came running to him. It's like, Jesus, I know you have the ability. But I trust you with the outcome. Now, the outcome for Lazarus was he, get to, he got to live again. I, I honestly feel like Lazarus was pretty disappointed, though. <laughs> what? You pulled me out of heaven for this? <laughs> Come on. It was so much better. <coughs> And I said, she's like, I know, you only have 20 more years left anyways. You'll get to experience it again soon. It'll be okay. <laughs> but I need to do this miracle for everybody else to see the power of God can bring dead things to life. The power of God can bring dead things to life. Hallelujah! Yes! And we need to rise up with faith to believe that. I think the world tells us, like, it's too tough. It's too hard. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And Jesus says, would you, us, yeah, and he says to us, believe me, and then you can see what I'm going to be doing through your circumstance. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.